0: The Battle of Hip 22460 and the coming of the Thargoid Maelstroms have been so momentous that it's easy to forget the other events of 3308. In this episode we bring you the case of the missing Emperor, a president seeking re-election, a bridge erected, a pirate insurrection, and a generation ship resurrected.
1: No one would have believed in the closing days of 3307 that Emperor Arisid Lavinia de Val of the Empire of Akenar had been missing for ten months without anyone noticing. The pro-democratic Neo-Marlinist Liberation Army had been defeated, with its leader Theta Seven killed when he blew up the Far God sacrosanct megaship in Madrid to escape capture. So, why? Didn't the Emperor come out of hiding? It turns out she was being stored in a cryogenic pod by a group of reformists calling themselves the Lords of Restoration. These radical senators wanted to depose the Emperor and reinstate the primacy of the Senate. They had been funding the NMLA all along aiming to destabilise the Empire and the Imperial family before sweeping in to replace the Emperor and to restore stability for a grateful population under the rule of the Senate. They had been using a virtual model of the Emperor to create the impression that she was still ruling while they prepared the ground for this coup. And they'd also created a virtual Hadrian de to give orders to the NMLA in an attempt to frame him. For some reason, they hadn't taken the logical step of killing the Emperor. So when Captain Saskia Landau of the Associated Counter-Terrorism Unit found evidence of links between the NMLA and certain senators through a secure communications system, commanders working for ACT were able to track and identify Imperial mercenary group Darkwater Inc. as her captors. After the Emperor had been rescued and reinstalled on the Imperial throne on the 16th of February, she commanded reprisals against her former captor. The Battle of Summerland resulted in Darkwater Inc. being wiped out as an organisation. The Emperor subsequently reached out to the Marlinist colonies that had been set up during her year in the freezer offering them semi-autonomous protectorate status. The Marlinists chose to remain fully independent, something the Emperor accepted with regret. The lasting legacy of the Lords of Restoration and the NMLA was the creation of those Marlinist colonies. It remains a mystery how the Empire managed to continue for a year without its Emperor, without realising...
0: The Empire may have had an exciting year, but apart from the persecution of the far-god cult, the Federation has had a deadly dull year. There was a brief scuffle with a drug gang, but otherwise the only news was that President Hudson is planning to amend the Constitution to allow himself to run for the Presidency beyond the current maximum term of eight years. This Hudson contravention has not yet been put to Congress, and in related news... Entrepreneur Zachary Rackham has announced that he'll be running for the presidency next year, in all probability making it a three-horse race between Hudson, Rackham and Felicia Winters. But that's a matter for 3309. The
1: Alliance has spent much of the year agonising over its defence pact with the Sirius Corporation. The Prime Minister arranged the pact, which saw Sirius providing anti-Zeno support to the Alliance without proper reference to the Alliance Assembly, leading to delays and a long trial period, during which Sirius Corporation did nothing whatever to defend the Alliance from Thargoids. The presence of Sirius megaships in some of the Old World systems did, however, provoke a rebellion in the Riort system, which, Attempted unsuccessfully to declare independence from the Alliance rather than suffer what appeared to it as an occupation, Sirius took a seat on the Alliance Council of Admirals and in many ways seems uncomfortably close to controlling parts of Alliance policy. And the best it has done to defend the Alliance against Thargoids so far is to provide humanitarian aid to attack systems, and to station a few megaships in some of the outlying systems. It does not appear that the Alliance is getting much value for money. In addition, the pact with Sirius is interfering with proposals to merge the Federal and Alliance navies to increase their effectiveness against the Thargoids.
0: 3307 saw the completion of the Colonia Bridge, a string of megaships along the route between the Bubble and Humanity's outpost near the Galactic Core. The first three months of 3308 saw the Colonia Bridge enhanced by the installation of five starports along its length, including shipyards, outfitting, materials traders and technology brokers. Brewer Corporation's intention was to make it possible for entire communities to establish themselves at these remote truck stop starports. In reality, the facilities offered and their remoteness makes the starports useful for little more than a temporary base along the way. May saw a brief but extremely bloody attempt
1: by Vidar Trask and members of the Blue Viper Club to depose Pirate King Archon Delane it all revolved around the members of the inner circle of the Kumo Council. Delane had the support of his newly appointed deputy, Callan Salamanca, the son of Gideon Soulless Salamanca, but it was the other two members of the inner circle, expert administrator, Vidar Trask, and Kay Valentine, originally part of the Blue Viper Club Dredger Clan, that apparently decided that Archon Delane's piratical approach to trade was holding back the development of the Pegasi Sector as a trading hub for the galaxy. Based upon this assessment, they did what any good pirate would do. They mutinied. Delane was sufficiently lucky and sufficiently experienced in the way of ambitious up-and-coming pirates and the way they tend to create the dead man's shoes before stepping into them to survive the attack. He launched a terrible reprisal against those responsible. There was a lot of sound and fury and colourful piratical language, resulting in the Blue Viper Club dredger departing abruptly for destinations unknown and Archon Delane retaining his grip on the dodgy side of the galactic trade, which he continues to run in his traditional piratical way.
0: The arrival of the artificer's Clan Dredger in Uponiclis towards the end of May gave the crew of the Golconda Generation Ship a once in a lifetime opportunity. The Golconda had arrived in Uponichlis in some distress towards the end of thirty three oh five. The crew was rescued from the damaged generation ship, and set themselves up at an outpost, Forester's choice, provided for them by the Federation, distilling and bottling a rare and unusual beverage. However, many of the crew missed their former life, travelling at sublight speeds between the stars over hundreds of years. The Artificers, one of several dredger clans known to live a nomadic lifestyle in the galaxy, decided to repair and upgrade the Golconda. Kitted out with new faster than light hyperdrives, the Golconda set sail again on the 17th of June. Some Golcondans remain at Forrester's Choice, the rest have vanished from sight like the Dredger Clans. We may hear from them again.